I see new life. I see new tides. Carry on through the years. Transform through the tears. Welcome back to Tears, Tides, and Transformation, a podcast about healing. I am Bridget Flaherty. And I am Kiana Daniels. And we are here today to have a discussion about our guest, Paige Walker, who is a really good friend of mine and also my esthetician. My name is Paige. (laughs) And um, I am an esthetician, a skin therapist, a small business owner of Archmaker Lash and Brow Studio. And um, the work that I do is very, you know, I work in the the beauty industry, but I always think of myself as sort of like a makeshift therapist or healer, and I'm just doing it under the guise of making you pretty. (laughs) (laughs) So Paige and I have known each other for about 12 years. It's definitely over a decade. We met at Macy's when we worked there together. She used to do my eyebrows, and from there... I think she was so phenomenal with her craft that even when I moved out of state, when I would come back, I would just say, hey, Paige, I'm in town. Can you get me in? And so that kind of continued our friendship or that continued our connection. And through that, a friendship was built. And so I was really happy to have Paige come on our show to share her story about healing and her process and just to to be able to have a safe space to talk and that it was because there were things that were revealed for the first time. And I just thought it was so courageous of her because we are in the business of having courageous conversations. I'm currently on a self-healing journey, like physically, mentally, I want to say spiritually, but spiritual healing kind of led me to do my physical and mental and emotional healing. And it's so individual for each person, right? So for me, doing the work that I do, I want to, ever since I was a little kid too, like I want to help people. I just want them to feel good when they're around, or at least when I'm around, I want to make sure they feel good in my presence, whether it's through making them feel good about themselves or just I can make them laugh, whatever. And so as I've gotten older, Uh, that kind of evolved into like chronic people pleasing. And then that bleeds over into my relationships, whether friendships or romantic relationships. And then it was always present in my family relationships. And so I started therapy back up because last year during the pandemic, had to close my business down for over three months. And a lot of people did. God, some people, it just oh, makes my heart hurt that they didn't get to reopen their doors. So I feel very fortunate that I'm still able to do work that a lot of people view as like a luxury during a global pandemic and stay busy. But it was so hard for me. It was so hard because, like I said earlier, my career and my business is like a huge portion of my life. And working for myself now for almost a decade the reason I work for myself is so that nobody can tell me what to do, you know, and I can work on my terms. I don't have to get people in and out like robots. I can actually take time with people and take time with their service and just be whatever they need in that appointment time. 
So when they shut us down, I was like, what? Like, oh my gosh, like we can't work right now. So I was desperately in need of a break anyway. So I tried to see the positivity behind it. (laughs) But wow, I, for the first time in my like working life, I was the only person in my social circle and my family not working. And everybody else I knew could work from home, work remote, whatever. And I physically have to touch people during a global pandemic. Like you can't touch anybody. (laughs) So my job is based in touch. And I was like, God, I don't know when I'm going to be able to go back to work. So it was really depressing because I felt purposeless. And I had to really look at it as like, okay, this can either really bring me down, really depress me, and I can go down a hole because, I'm just going to say this, I can be a depressive person anyway, thanks to being deep. (laughs) (laughs) I've never experienced that part of you. Ah, see, there's layers, there's layers to old page. (laughs) (laughs) Right. There's layers to us all, yeah. Yeah, or I can figure this out. And grow from it. And I'm never one to just be like, well, this is it. Guess I have to deal with it. Nope. No, sir. We're going to figure this out. So I'm like, who is Paige (laughs) without the title of being an esthetician, without being Archmaker Lash and Brow Studio? And oh, it was just like, it was hard. It was really hard because I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to do everything I can to try and be as productive as I can at home because I feel like in our society... Your worth has been measured by your level of productivity, not just who you are as a person, not what you do for other people or how you make other people feel. It's how much can you get done and how soon, how quick, right? So that kind of started this process. I think we are human beings, not human doings, but we often put so much of our identity in what we do. We make who we are the identity in comparison to other people. So I do this thing. I am this person's partner. I am this person's daughter, sister, aunt, mother. I am this job. And the truth is, that is not who we are. Those are things that are outside of us. They're the things that we do. It's the things that we do, the human doings. And what we're talking about is that Paige having the time taking the time during the pandemic to say who am I as a human being and that is revolutionary that's powerful that is life-changing absolutely and there were so many things that helped Paige on her healing journey because of the pandemic and so she talked about those things and how she's still on this process right like she just started it but she's realizing some things about herself she's becoming a lot more self-aware she's tapping back into her childhood and how she shows up so that she can become her better self and her true self, her authentic self, and really looking at all of the areas in her life, not even just her job, but even her relationship with her partner. And Bridget, this podcast, like something that happened, this podcast is really proving that it is a space that is needed because it is a safe space. In our conversation, I learned things about my friend that I had not heard before, and she was very comfortable with sharing it on our podcast, which I'm really grateful for. And I told her, I said, I really commend you for sharing something so near and dear to you. And so one of the things that she shared was that she got pregnant during the pandemic. I, um, okay, I don't know if I'm 
if this is okay to share or not. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, if you feel comfortable sharing it, okay. please do. So there's a lot of heavy stuff that happened during the shutdown. So I was the primary income earner of our household. And my boyfriend at the time was like, don't worry about it. We'll get through it. Like, I'm still working. It'll be fine. And I had savings. So I was like, okay, hopefully this doesn't go on longer than a few months, but whatever. And then during that time, I also found out that I was pregnant. And I was like, oh my God, really universe? (laughs) You put me through another test. And it could not have come at a worse time. I mean, seriously, I just very unplanned, very unexpected, as many can be. My boyfriend and I also didn't want children. But when you're faced with that choice, it was like, well, maybe we should reconsider. But no, I couldn't. And it was, I was like, I don't know when I'm going to go back to work. The stress, the way the world is going, I don't know if I want to. Very personal decision. And even though I'm very pro-choice, pro-woman, feminist, that doesn't ever make that choice easier. So I decided to terminate it. And even though I was relieved and I felt good about it, it still carries like a certain level of like guilt or shame. I was like, why do I feel so bad about this? So that on top of trying to figure out who I am without being able to work was just a lot. You know, being a woman and making these hard, you know, decisions and trying to figure out who we are and what we want to be and how we can be well ourselves and be in healthy relationships with partners, the community, work, and even our children, our future children, it's no small feat. It really takes real bravery and courage because society tells us we're supposed to do all these things, but like, what if we're not ready? I think that, first of all, incredibly brave to share that and the reason that it's incredibly brave is because of judgment and the truth is that judgment comes from a society that says women are not their own women are only in relation to others and it's incredibly brave to put yourself first in a powerful way that is realistic that is outside of societal norms of saying this is what you should be No, this is who I am. And so I commend her for making the decision that serves her best and to be willing to talk about it. Motherhood should never be taken lightly. And the truth is, like, pregnancy doesn't equal motherhood. There is this false narrative that says, as women, our number one priority is to be mothers and pregnancy should be xyz and and the truth is that we are so much more that our bodies are our own and to bravely declare that in a way that says i made this choice for me is incredibly powerful it is completely acceptable for a man to say i am not going to have children and i'm going to focus on my career but for some reason if a woman says I am not going to have children and I am going to focus on being the best version of myself. That is seen as selfish and it could not be more selfless because as we have seen in these conversations is that putting yourself first actually heals everyone around you. 
it increases the love in the world when you choose to love yourself. And so her bravery, not only in choosing herself, but in her bravery in talking about the ways that she is choosing herself has a ripple effect. It has a ripple effect that I don't think any of us, the three of us, know exactly what that will look like, but it gives permission for other women to be themselves, to choose themselves. It really does. And she is pro-choice. She is for women and feminists. But she was like, that doesn't make the decision any easier. It doesn't make it less hard. And so a lot of times, you know, as women, we make these decisions that are hard as hell because if we are well, other people are well around us, especially because we serve such an important role in society and in our families and in our friendships and just like really everywhere women are needed and so a lot of times we don't have the space to really say no to all the things you guys are talking about I need to get me together first it's just really so courageous and then turning off caring what others think and have to say about our decisions these decisions that are hard as hell is really difficult because we're conditioned, again, we're conditioned to care about what other people think. And so therefore that a lot of times drives us in our decisions and we end up doing things that we don't even want to do. So that's why you see people in marriages that are like, you know, I really don't want to be here, but you know what? Society says I should be married to you. I really don't want to be a mom, but guess what? Society tells me I should be a mom and I'm supposed to have kids. I'm less than a woman if I don't. And it's just like, no, we have to like break away from what society says, what other people have to say about our decisions because they don't know what it takes to truly make a decision like that and to share and being able to own our choices and our decisions. So I think that Paige is like a superhero. I agree with that. I think it goes back to this idea that society says that as a woman, you are of value in what you are in relation to other people. As a mother, as a wife, as a what? No. Paige is valuable because Paige is Paige, period. I am valuable because of who I am, period, not because of who I am in relation to someone else. And so we have to continue to have those conversations because society wants to say that if you choose to not be a mother when you had the opportunity to be a mother, then you are less than, and that is completely false. It is toxic, and frankly, it is abusive. Because it creates those narratives in our head that are harmful. And it tells women that you are not valuable just because you are. And the truth is, we are. We are valuable. I am valuable. You are valuable. Paige is valuable. So, thank you, Paige. Yes, thank you, Paige, for sharing and being very vulnerable and inviting other women to go along for this journey. You know, I had a similar situation. So, I was 19 when I got pregnant with my daughter and... It was a long time ago. And I had to make a decision. I had to sit down and say, am I ready? And there were times where I questioned whether or not I made the right decision. We've talked about how my woundedness has showed up in my role as a mother. And now I'm so grateful to have my daughter and now my grandchildren. But that decision is incredibly personal. It should never be dictated by anyone other than the woman making the decision 100 percent. and on top of that she also shared that her and her boyfriend ended up breaking up 
I split up. I know I haven't seen you much and told you, but I did. I broke up with my ex and it was one of the hardest things. You know, we've talked about yes. it. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it happened because I started working on myself and I started I feel like when I say stuff like that, it sounds so vague. Like, what does that mean, working on yourself? So break it down, girl. Break <laughs> it down for us because people ask me all the time. I know. What like, does it mean for you? Right. Yeah. Okay. So for me, I had to start looking in the mirror at myself. I had to let myself be emotional. I had to let myself cry. I had to say how I was feeling and not be afraid that somebody was going to judge me for being emotional about it. Because in my childhood, I was very sensitive, but very rebellious also. (laughs) Very high energy, as my mom put it. Just You were just very high and (laughs) free-spirited. That's just a nice way of saying you were a jerk. No. Well, I can assure you, you're not a jerk. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't a jerk child. It was just, you know, it was, it was a lot. I was a very, I was a very free spirited child. And then, like my younger sister came along, and she's very easygoing. She just goes with the flow. Just never causes a ruckus. Not as loud. So naturally, like I was the trouble child or the problem child, right? And one of the things that I have been recently accepting and learning about in our formative years as children that's where a lot of our bad habits are formed because maybe our parents our caregivers the ones who initially show us love didn't have the tools they needed and you know maybe go through like an anger phase with them you know I know I definitely did being angry at my parents for not doing better with me they did the best they could they did oh man that right there is a (laughs) heel statement (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because that is, I think we start to understand as we're on our own journeys as adults now, trying to heal from past and present traumas that also were passed down, but that we kind of brought on ourselves. We start to see our parents as human beings, not just our parents, right? And we can have more grace and mercy with them and be like, you know what? I see and understand you didn't have the tools that you needed to heal yourself from whatever you had going on, your traumas. And therefore that kind of spilled into your parenting style. So I can forgive you for that. So I love that you said that. Yeah. And you know, I feel like that's where a lot of our crap starts. I had to have the maturity and the understanding and the compassion to say that finally that like, look, yeah, they messed me up, but it was not intentional. It was, I know my parent, I always knew my parents loved me. I did. Never wanted for anything, but they had their own stuff. And I have two parents who probably should not have stayed together as long as they did. We've all been in relationships where we probably stayed longer than we should have. They had children. And so they decided to stay together for sake of us, which sometimes there's anybody listening to this and is staying in a relationship that they're not happy in for sake of their children. Here to tell you right now, I don't care what age they are when you decide to leave your spouse, it's going to affect them. Okay? Sometimes more so as adults because you tend to not hold back from them as much as you would when they're children. Like mom and dad just don't get along. Whereas when you're an adult, like what happened to me? Sometimes, like, my parents used me as a therapist, and it was horrible. It really, really burned my relationship with both of my parents. Like I said, I was a very sensitive, emotional child, and 
there was a lot of invalidating of my feelings as a child. Oh, stop being so dramatic. Oh, so dramatic. If you can't tell from my voice, I'm a little dramatic. <laughs> Just yeah. animated. Um, Paige, stop being so dramatic. Oh, stop crying. You're fine. Stop being so sensitive, yeah. you know, and coming from the people who are supposed to, we, we think, um, encourage you to just be yourself and you know comfort you when you are feeling big emotions that was really really hard so I learned to just stop being so sensitive I learned to whenever I get sad or scared or hurt I would get angry or aggressive and so which is funny because when I'm at work a lot of clients would be like what what oh yeah Oh, yeah. My family calls that side of me the Kraken because, <laughs> because when I get angry, there's nothing that's off limits. I'll bring it up and we're going to talk about it and I'm going to with my words, right? You couldn't express your honest feelings. So then you had to mask them with something else. To cope and to survive, yeah. essentially. So, yeah, I have been, you know, learning even just recently that... Sometimes my response is really just masking how I'm really feeling because I'm afraid to express my true emotion about the situation. And so I'm learning to get comfortable and confident in myself, to, like have validating my own feelings. I am allowed to feel upset. I'm allowed to feel hurt. I'm allowed to cry. I'm allowed to be emotional in front of people. And they might not understand. It might make them uncomfortable, but you know what? It's okay. It's okay. And on top of like her being on this healing journey during the pandemic, right? A lot is happening <laughs> that we have no control over when things were about to reopen again. She wants to grow the business and she wants to move out of the role that she's currently in so she can become more of like the leader, the owner, right? Like business development. And so, again, all of these things are areas where she's not very comfortable, but she knows that she needs to go there in order to grow the business, but also to kind of move in a direction that she genuinely wants to be in. And so she mentioned self-sabotaging. When they told us we could reopen, it was just like sprung on us. I was like, oh, my God, I'm unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> like unprepared mentally physically like I've been sitting here just like every day like is it gonna happen today is it gonna happen today reopen <laughs> so I decided like when we went back to work I'm trying to incorporate all these changes because you know like I said touch people for a living got to be careful how we interact now with COVID and I was like I've got to make changes I've got to make changes in my life now too because I want to continue I want to grow my business obviously I'm picking right back up where I left off Clients are coming back in. Business is fine. I've got to grow my business, but I don't know if I have the tools to do that. I have a tendency to self-sabotage whenever I have the opportunity to step out of my comfort zone, and I'm not quite sure I can do it. I don't have the confidence. So much easier for me to self-sabotage. I'll just burn it all down and build it back up because I've done that plenty of times. I know I can do it. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, very real thing. Yeah. Does any of that sound familiar? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it happens a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I can't do that this time. You know, I'm in my 30s. I have so much more to lose now. I can't just 
metaphorically burned it all down and start over. You have to hold yourself accountable, too. We can't do this again. You know, like, Paige, I know what you're doing. I know the brain wants to keep me alive and avoid change, but (laughs) you can't do this again because we know what's going to happen. We've already been there, right? So, I mean, it's a lot of, and you learn to do that every time you set a boundary or every time you push past that fear of change. I guess you create like a new neural pathway in your brain to say, okay, last time we didn't fail when we tried this, let's try it again. But it's hard for a lot of people. Like I have so much compassion and empathy for people. I get it. I get it. Why people avoid working on themselves. Growth and change are really uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the human brain doesn't like it. I love to know why our minds work the way they do. And so my therapist is great at explaining it to me. She's like, your brain's job is to keep you alive. And it does that by avoiding anything and everything that might kill you. That includes change. (laughs) (laughs) It's powerful to recognize those cycles of self-sabotage. So often we are not even aware that we are doing it because the uncomfortability is is real it's really real and so we have this potential for greatness but as we approach it we go back into those patterns that have felt comfortable even if they may not be serving us in the best ways they're comfortable so to recognize and to choose something different whoo it's like jumping off a ledge it's scary and that's what growth looks like this was where I was like Yes, Paige, I hear the healing talking right now. But it's it's so necessary for us to truly heal. We have to release. And we got to be okay with it. However that shit looks. And so, therefore, she started therapy again. I need some tools to help me move forward and grow my business, build my confidence, and deal with my anxiety and my depression, the highs and lows. Like, let's start therapy again. I should add that. I had been in therapy before getting into a relationship with my ex and that was about three and a half years ago and I was really working on myself going to therapy and then you know you get in a relationship and everything's so nice and shiny and new set it down right we set it down (laughs) so I was like we gotta pick this back up (laughs) right therapy is very necessary for maintenance yes yes so decided to do that in August last year and A lot of stuff started happening. (laughs) Good stuff. Good stuff. Growth. Yes. Big growth and fast. Real fast. When you make the decision, it's like, now we're going to do this. Yep. It's happening. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So I started really peeling back more and more layers of myself. And I addressed the having an abortion during the shutdown, how I felt just about not being able to work in general during that time, how it affected my confidence level. Started addressing a lot of stuff. And then, you know, you just start peeling more things back about like, well, why don't you think you can do this with your business? You know, why don't you think that you can hire somebody or, you know, raise your prices or do whatever? This is like things my therapist would say to me. Sounds like you're really an asset to your clients so they will be there for you just like you are for them for the longest time I didn't like trust people to help me or allow them to help me because I've got this I'll do it myself I always have always will it'll be fine (laughs) 
And I learned that ultra independence is actually, I mean, it's usually due to trauma. It's a coping mechanism that we do because we've been hurt before or we felt let down and we didn't expect it. But maybe we didn't know how to bounce back from that or roll with it. So we became ultra independent. I can do it by myself. So I started to realize, like, I've got to let people in. (laughs) Four is kind and open and sharing and warm as I am with friends, with clients, with my family, even with my significant others. Very guarded. Very guarded. And I started to realize that. And I was like, how is that even helping me? Because obviously I'm back here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not, not that it's a bad thing, yeah. but I'm still struggling. And right. it's so lonely. I wanted to say this right now. Healing is lonely sometimes. It definitely can be lonely by design, but also because... Only you can do it. Only you can do it. And most times other people are not, have mm. not started the journey, so <laughs> they don't know what you're talking about. No. They can't. They can't relate. And that makes it the lonely parts, oh. which is why being able to, like... Find other people who are there like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't sound like a crazy person. You understand what I'm saying. Exactly. That's why I feel like when we get together, it's like, oh, (laughs) thank God, another person who's walking the same path. Okay, you get me? (laughs) Yes, like a breath of fresh air. Like, this is refreshing. Like, I don't have to explain myself too much. I don't have to defend myself. Like, we are here and we are supporting each other through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's incredibly reassuring. It really is. And so I was like, Paige, you know what? I can tell. I'm looking at you and I've known her for all these years. And so being able to have these conversations with her and then her course correcting herself, that's what healing looks like. Because we're able to acknowledge and recognize and identify things and tell ourselves these truths about ourselves and then be able to say, I don't have the tools. So I'm going to go get the tools and That means I'm going to go back to therapy because I've been there before and I know that it works. Or I'm going to start saying no and having boundaries. Or, you know, we're doing things differently because we know that we want a different result. And so I thought, man, I said, Paige, I'm really happy for you that you're doing that and able to do that for yourself first and identify where you need to go to get the rest of the tools that you need to help yourself be better and to do well. I also want to acknowledge you, Kiana, for being that support system for her, right? So not only helping her to draft that email, but drafting that email also means that you are not going to have her as your esthetician in the way that you had before, right? So you are making a personal sacrifice in order to support her on her journey, being a place for her to talk about what she's going through. And that is so important and necessary for us creating this tribe of women to sometimes it's when someone is on their healing journey and we've known them for 12 years and they're going to choose to show up differently. It's cheering them on instead of saying, well, what about me? And so I want to commend you for that, for being that for her, for being this safe space, even when it means that she's a different page than the page you knew two years ago. Thank you for that, Bridget. I appreciate that because, you know, and it's reciprocity, too, because she's definitely and that's why I love sharing and being able to share with each other and be our authentic, vulnerable selves, because I can do that for her. And she, in turn, does that for me. And so, like, that's why it's 
the relationship that we have for me to be able to go and get my eyebrows done. But it's so much more than that. It's so much bigger than us because we have these very transparent conversations about life. And (laughs) we're like, oh, my gosh, yes, you feel that, too. You experience that, too. So it really does create that safe space and build our bond together so that we can have these conversations, which is why I wanted to bring her on the show, because it was just like, man, she has a story. I will be honest, I am still in the process. I am still in the process. So currently I am, I'm like you said, I'm cleaning house. I am trying to assess relationships that are still in my life and just be completely vulnerable and transparent about how I feel Mm -hmm. about them and trying to decide, does this serve me and does it serve them? I know it serves them because I keep on going up and growing and trying to inspire. Am I inspired to keep growing by them. And if the answer is no, or if it's hurting me, then I'm sorry, I have to distance myself from you. I'm setting a boundary with you. I have to love you from afar. Or, you know, I have to, for some people, like, end this relationship, you know, or at least change the dynamic of it. Because this one's not working. So and then in doing that, my confidence level in myself and my capabilities it's, I feel it growing. Like, you know, I mean, one day want to eventually relocate. I love my hometown. I do. But sometimes I feel like a big fish in a little pond. And I'm like, I got to go. I'm constantly needing a challenge, constantly needing to grow in some way, shape or form. And so I might want to relocate. But I always felt like I was responsible for, you know, like my mom's emotional well-being or, you know, my niece being born now. She's getting older. She she knows TT might have to leave, you (laughs) know. And so I'm feeling like it's okay to keep going. Really just live my life for me now, not for anybody else but Paige. First and foremost, it is loving herself, accepting herself and giving herself permission to validate her own feelings and not seeking external validation for that. Because her validating her own feelings and her emotions is helping her to love herself, to accept herself, and to build her own confidence. And I think that that is so essential in this healing journey. We have to be able to do it for ourselves and not wait for anybody else. It starts with us. And we have to shift our mindsets of thinking that nobody else is going through. Because we're all going through We may not look like what we're going through, but we're all going through and dealing with some hardships in our lives, whether it's our own stuff or other people's stuff. And so I I, it really resonated to me because I talk about stuff all the time now. Sometimes I need to put a cap on it. (laughs) But at the end of the day, it was a challenge for me. But what helped me to do that was to just put myself out there And I just had to take that leap that you said. I had to jump off the ledge and just say, you know what, I I need to be vulnerable. Whether you whether that is met with vulnerability or not, I need to do it. And and every single time, every since I've started to do it, other people have felt safe enough to be vulnerable and to share as well. So then now and that just builds each other's confidence. Right. You know, when one person shares, the other person shares. And so now we can just be releasing and healing in community and with each other. And so I thought that was really good. And the last thing she said was stop living your life for everybody else. And I was like, oh, that right there, Paige, that's it. And I think that relates to the idea of validating yourself versus looking for that external validation. You know, we 
we only have this life like right now. I don't know what comes next, but like you only have this life. Be the main character in your own story. Like so many of us are looking to be supporting characters in someone else's story. This is all you got. So yes, validate yourself. Love yourself. Show up in the world for you. Incredibly powerful. As we kind of wrap up, you know, I want to talk about some of the tips that Paige gave us in her journey of healing and all the things that she is learning about herself. Honestly, and I try to share this even with clients when we're talking about this stuff because, man, is it a hot topic now? And people be talking, you know, like they bring it up. Start talking to somebody. Start talking to somebody, okay? Even if it's, you know, a trusted friend, um, a family member, whatever, but you need to talk about what's going on inside of you. I recommend talking to a therapist or a counselor, somebody who is trained and somebody who is objective to your situation, who can look at you and say, okay, Kiana, here's what's going on. And let's unpack some of that stuff that you're having trouble with. And let me help you give words to that you can, you know, um, deal and cope with this better than how you have been. So please talk to somebody. Am I allowed to do another plug? Yes, <laughs> please. All the tools. I, I use BetterHelp for therapy. Okay. It is the best decision I have ever made for my growth, personal development, mm-hmm. and mental health. Um, I have the most wonderful therapist. It's, it's incredible. And you can do it from the comfort of your own home. I cry a lot during therapy. <laughs> Crying is cleansing and Yeah, healing. girl. Yeah. I'll cry for the rest of the day. Sometimes I'm like, oh, God, that was deep. That was hard. Yeah, right. But I can do it from the comfort of my own home. I don't have to walk out of somebody's office and be like, oh, my God, the world's going to look at me and be like, what's wrong with her? You know, so please, like, I, talk to somebody. I personally love BetterHelp. It's affordable. Um, they match you with, you know, an ideal therapist. And if you're, it's, it's not working out, then they match you with somebody else. So please talk to somebody. Read please read, like, you know, do the self-help book thing, whatever. If you're, my focus for this is codependency. So please educate yourself on, you know, codependency. If any of that sounds like you or your childhood, um, just read and educate yourself. And my biggest thing is stop, stop living your life for everybody else, please. Because I mean, I don't want this to sound like harsh or anything, but you come into this world alone and you leave alone for a reason. You are here to experience yourself. Like, I believe your soul comes here to experience itself. So you have to do this work yourself and you have to live your life for yourself. You know, and I think as women, we're taught from the time we are little girls to be tolerant of all all kinds of treatment all the stuff right? especially by men and we make excuses you know? for them like well that's just how men are oh like, that's no. just how it's okay i can deal with it yeah i know you can deal with it but you know what that don't mean you have to exactly okay that part so live your life for you please live your life for yourself you know and so also self-care ain't always like the pretty stuff yeah right self-care is not always like Oh, I'm going to have a bubble bath. I saw a meme one time that said that. Like, I'm going to watch a movie. I'm going to have a glass of wine. Sometimes it's doing the hard stuff, like setting those boundaries that hurt. Sometimes it's saying no. Sometimes it's stepping out of your comfort zone because you know this is what you need for your highest good. So it's been uh, great talking to Paige and having this discussion with you, Bridget. I think that we've learned so much from Paige regarding her courageousness and bravery to have very 
tough conversations and to share her healing journey with us and to share some really hard truths, but also to watch her accept her decisions, to own them, to show up and to be very committed to her healing journey because as her friend, I've watched her. I'm loving the process of her growing and evolving. And so to all of our listeners, we hope that you have enjoyed this episode and have been able to glean some tips and some helpful resources. And so we thank Paige. Bridget, I thank you for being my co-host. And we thank you all for listening. And we hope that you will come back and join us. I see new life. I see tides carry on through the years transform through the tears the audacity of you going through it all the audacity of you trusting self all along I see I see new time.